This is the Unstoppable Authors Podcast with world building warrior Angeline Trevina and the queen of flawed protagonists, H.B. Line. Every week we bring you discussions on the craft of writing, author life and business and interviews with some of the industry's most unstoppable authors. A writer's life doesn't have to be solitary. We're here to bust that myth, support you on your journey and encourage you to be unstoppable. Welcome to episode 4.12 of Unstoppable Authors. Today we're talking about book launches. Before we start, we want to say a huge thank you to our patrons. Your support helps to keep the show going. Our patrons get early access to episodes, exclusive behind-the-scenes access to our off-air banter, as well as the warm, fuzzy feeling of supporting the podcast. It would be really great if you could take a moment to share this episode on social media. Grab a screenshot, share it directly from your podcast platform, or even take a selfie with it. Just remember to tag us so that we can share it too. It means so much to hear from our listeners and to know that you enjoy the show. Now last week I asked you, what stage are you at with your current work in progress and what do you most need to help you complete it? As ever, we got lots of great responses on social media. On Instagram, TL Clark is currently staring at a blank page about to start something new. Meanwhile, on Facebook, both Mary and Edwin are moving towards finishing their drafts, but struggling with time and making the best of that time. Amy and Clara are at the beginning of new projects. David's hoping for a little miracle, aren't we all? And Meg has just finished her latest book. Congratulations. Thank you, everyone, for telling us where you're at. I wish I, we had time to read out everyone's response. <laughs> yeah, we did get a fantastic response to this one. Yeah, so thank you, everyone, who took the time to, to you know, leave a comment. So, personal updates. Uh, I'm gearing up to launch goal setting for writers. Uh, I'll be putting out a call for street team members on my Instagram this week, so please keep an eye out for that if you are interested. You can find me at hbline on Instagram. I'm also doing Camp Nano, but I set myself a really low target <laughs> due to my launch. Mm. Um, like 10,000 words, like really low. Um, but I have to confess that I haven't even started writing yet at the time of recording this. Um, but that's because my launch prep has to take priority. Yeah, so we are now almost a week into this month's instalment of Camp NaNoWriMo and things have been going a lot better than they did in April. Quite frankly, they couldn't have possibly gone worse. <laughs> Officially, I'm supposed to be writing the first book for my pen name, but I actually use the first two days to finish writing my next world building guide for authors. So at the time of recording this, I'm actually nicely ahead of my target work count, so much so that I actually increased my overall goal for the month. We shall see if I live to regret that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so our question of the week this week is, 
is there a particular book launch strategy that you wish you'd known about before or would like to get better at? Now, Angeline and I are both planning to launch books this month. This wasn't a coordinated thing. It wasn't planned. It's just happened to go this way. We both have new non-fiction books coming out. So we, well, I, uh, thought it would be a good idea to talk about our approaches to launches, what we do, what we avoid, what we wish we could do, and all that good stuff. Now, first up, I have a confession to make. Frankly, I am not great at book releases. In fact, historically, I've had some absolute flops of release days, but that's okay because I've learned from them. I know a lot of the reasons they were unsuccessful, which is a great thing. And it's even better for you because you get to learn from my mistakes without needing to make them yourself. How about you, Holly? How are you at book releases? Let's just say that I've got progressively better at them. <laughs> Uh, like you, I've learned a lot from each one and they've gradually gotten better and better. I think that's pretty normal. We all start with no audience and quite frankly, no clue. Uh, but hopefully by sharing some of our experiences today, we can spare a few newer authors from making some common mistakes and perhaps accelerate this learning curve a bit. So let's kick off by rewinding the clock and remembering our very first book releases. This should be fun. I released my very first book, my novella Cutting the Bloodline, in May 2015. That book was basically my test book. I wanted to see if I could do self-publishing. I learned so much, including formatting, ah, because I wanted to understand every step of the publishing process and how it worked. I also went into it with a budget of zero. At the time, I don't think I had a mailing list at all, so everything was done via social media. I had no advanced review team and didn't even know such things existed. One thing I did do was set up a blog tour. They were still really popular back in 2015, and I thought it was the thing to do. I honestly thought that a blog tour would put my book in front of so many eyes that it would become an instant bestseller. So I called on my fellow authors on social media and got spots on, I think, about 10 blogs. It was mostly interviews and guest posts, so I wasn't even pulling in reviews. I rang giveaways and did everything I could think of to build buzz. But at the end of the day, I was just shouting into the incredibly large book release void, I think that pretty much the only sales I got of that book were from kindly friends and family. It was overall pretty crappy. How did your first ever book release go? So I published my very first book right at the end of 2013. I think the ebook actually went live on New Year's Day 2014. So I initially set it up on Feederread, which is a print-on-demand service, and that ticked a lot of my boxes for me back then. I had no idea you could publish directly onto Amazon. That's <laughs> how much of a naive thing I was. Um, Ebooks were relatively uh, a relative new, relatively new thing. There, words. What are they? Um, so that wasn't quite on my radar yet. Uh, I had no audience at all and it was only friends and family who bought that book at first uh, but I was met with great enthusiasm from those that did buy it and read it and that was really encouraging 
but I did get one really nasty comment from a guy who is a real jerk who I haven't spoken to since. <laughs> uh, it was something disparaging about self-publishing. But thankfully, times have changed quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all had those disparaging comments. The year before I published my first book, I approached my writing group that I was with at the time with the idea of putting together a short story anthology together and self-publishing it. And they actually laughed at me, like actual literal laughter. <laughs> but I don't blame them for that. For one thing, those were common views about self-pub books back in 2014. And self-pub authors were very different back then. These days, it's proper serious business. Authors are entrepreneurs and some of them are damn successful at what they do. Mm. I also don't blame them because it was that laughter that spurred me to publish to prove them wrong by doing it myself. Yay! That's the thing, isn't it? To turn that negativity around into positive action. So it wasn't until I was writing my third book that I really started to think this could be a business and that I ought to do more than just have a website that got no traffic and a social media presence that was just my friends following me. Um, I needed to raise money for my cover and editor so I ran a crowdfunder um, and that was a very different kind of launch and really a bit of a game changer for me. So I started off by doing a lot of research on crowdfunding and I picked a platform that specialised in crowdfunding for authors. It has since gone under unfortunately. Uh, but I made a promo video, I did guest blogs, and I started a mailing list. More on that later. Uh, my crowdfunder goal was met, but only because we topped it up at the end. Uh, but I knew from talking to other people that that might be necessary, so we had planned to do that anyway. But because the book was the third in the series, I saw a lot more interest in my previous two books as well. And so that launch really got me in front of a lot of new eyes. It was what I considered at the time to be very successful, which is really all a matter of perspective. Um, but basically, since then, each launch has been better and better. And it's really important to remember that the definition of success is totally up to you. If your success is five sales, then aim for that. If your success is 5,000 sales, then that's your benchmark. Only you can define what success means to you. Largely, I try to aim for simply more sales than the previous launch. That's my idea of success, to do better than last time. Hence why making mistakes, as long as you learn from them, is a really important part of the process. Yeah, yeah, same here. As long as each launch surpasses the last, then that's good enough for me. Although this non-fiction launch, um, my approach is a bit different because it's a whole new audience for me. It's a bit like, a, you know, having a new debut and it's a whole new learning curve. And... I have definitely like learned so much over the book launches that I've done. And as Holly said, yeah, we are both gearing up to book releases at the moment. And I'm really excited by the enthusiasm and buzz I've managed to create around mine. I am so looking forward to release day to see if all that buzz converts into sales because buzz is great, but sales are better. <laughs> So let's break down some common mistakes and then some tips to avoid them. So 
we've talked about launching with no audience or into the void um don't do that (laughs) (laughs) it is never too soon to start building an audience so that means your social media um and like any blog or anything you have like that mailing list podcasts you know doing everything you can to find people um before you launch your book so that when you launch it there are people who already know who you are and who are already looking forward to the book. And you also have the option of using like promo sites. You know, there are free ones, there are paid ones. Um, you've got things like Book Funnel. Um, you've also got, you know, the big, the <laughs> big promotional sites like BookBub. Um, you've got things like Fussy Librarian and... Um, yeah, there's, there's loads, dozens and dozens of them. And that can be a relatively economical way to get in front of more readers. But I know that authors have mixed results with those. So I wouldn't necessarily encourage using free, um, using paid ones, sorry, for your first book. I think that's maybe something to build up to. Um, and obviously something like BookBub, they are notoriously hard to get, um, even when you have a big audience already. So that's something to aim for. So um, something else is focusing on promotional efforts on a book mid-series, uh, a bit like I did with my third book. Um, people aren't generally going to jump in in the middle of a series, and you can miss the mark a bit with your marketing if you are, you know, if you're trying to do that. So what I would recommend is if you have a mid-series book coming out, throw all your promotional effort at the first book before the launch. So run price promos on it, you know, reduce the price, um, get those like, you know, paid promos and what have you on the first book. And that way you get new readers into your series and into your funnel. And then when your mid-series book comes out, they are ready to buy, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Touch wood. Um, so get eyes on every entry point into your series and make use of pre-order to capture those readers while they are fresh. Yeah, it's a really good point about um, using the pre-order because if you're advertising your first in series, there are a lot of readers out there who won't even start a series until they see at least some commitment mm-hmm. to it continuing because a lot of authors unfortunately do put out one or two books and then they kind of fizzle out and there are a lot of readers out there who won't start a series unless they actually know it's complete Mm. so get those pre-orders up so that they can see that ongoing commitment to the series it's really really helpful yeah that's a good point so um another mistake is not knowing who your audience is um so it's one thing to have no audience but you could also have the wrong audience you need to make sure you've identified who your readers are who is going to enjoy your book and then target them so obviously on social media you want to be you know hanging out and making friends with readers who read the kinds of books that you write um you make use of goodreads as well i mean that's where all the readers are. <laughs> um, so yeah, make sure you are, you know, networking to a certain extent with readers. And this is this is something I guess quite a lot of us are not great at, myself included. I'm 
I tend to kind of I have my I'm a bit set in my ways I suppose with where I socialize online <laughs> um, but there is definitely a benefit to finding your readers and engaging with them and getting to know them and then they're more likely to be interested in you and what you write yeah definitely I mean I I'm the same I hang out mostly on Instagram because it's my favorite platform I really enjoy Instagram I like it but I know because I have done a survey with my mailing list I know that most of my readers are on Facebook I know that yet I still prefer Instagram <laughs> don't do what I do <laughs> yes do as we say not as we do <laughs> 100% <laughs> Um, do you want to take the next point Angeline? Um, where have we got up to? Ah yes so don't don't rely all of your marketing on unique gimmicks that you've just thought up it's nice to do different stuff and if you come up with an idea that's really specific to your book then that's great and try something new I'm always up for trying new things but don't rely on them over tried and tested methods okay the popular methods that work people use them and they're popular because they work so absolutely mix it up put some unique new gimmicky things in there but don't use those gimmicks solely and just ignore all the things that work well for other people because they'll probably work well for you as well So um, our next common mistake is doing like a big cover reveal, but way in advance. Mm -hmm. If your book is not coming out for another uh, two, three, four, six months, don't reveal the cover because you're going to reveal the cover and everyone's going to go, ooh, that's so nice, that's so pretty, I have to have this book. But if they can't have the book, they will get bored, they will forget you and mm -hmm they may not buy so yeah don't do it way in advance uh, you know a couple of weeks before is probably okay um a little bit more if you have a pre-order so that they can you know see the cover and then immediately pre-order the book so that's okay um but what can work really well is just revealing the cover on launch day and be like here it is here's the book go buy it and you will grab people while they're excited you need to have somewhere to send people while, you know, while that excitement is fresh and they're, you know, really vibing on your book. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really good point and one I'm quite bad at because I'm like a excited four-year-old and uh, yeah, I, I get too overexcited and can't really keep it in. But I learned, I learned very much this the hard way. I was gearing up to a book release and I had uploaded all my final versions to Amazon. They were on pre-order, they were going live in about a week. And of course, what did I do as an author? Well, I filled my time by starting on my next book. And I then started sharing quotes from what I was writing on uh, social media and putting out some little teasers about the book I was currently writing before even the release date for the previous book and yeah one of my readers was like what are you doing we haven't even read the previous book yet <laughs> I was 
Yeah. Oh, oh. That, so yeah, I learned that lesson the hard way. Um, and it is just, it's hard to keep it in when you're excited, but try. <laughs> <laughs> just, whoa, slow down. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, your plans can change and stuff because I've, I've got quite a long-term plan in terms, you know, as far as what I intend to publish. Um, but as we all know from the first half of this year, uh, things can go awry. Um, and so like I've been talking about the book that I'm going to publish in November and I've told my mailing list about it and just discussing this now, there's this little bit of me that's going, mm, well, things could go horribly wrong. <laughs> that, that book might not come out in November. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. Um, mm -hmm. Fun times. <laughs> <laughs> so the next thing is having no social proof when you launch a book. Uh, now, I'm a big, big fan of advanced readers uh, and review team. Um, this is my sort of big strategy, really. Um, so your advanced reader team or your review team, or street team, there are lots of terms for it. They are people who get a free copy of the book before the book comes out to read it and be ready to leave a review on launch day. Um, currently uh, with Amazon, you cannot review a book that's available available for pre-order or not released yet. It has to have been released. Um, so what a lot of authors will do is do sort of a soft launch. So the book will technically go live, uh, like on a Friday. They then email their advanced team and say, okay, it's launch day, leave your review. They leave their reviews. And then say on Monday, you do the big hard launch where you tell everyone about it and that you've already got reviews there. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of quite a popular strategy now. That's what I do. Um, and I put quite a bit of effort into that. Um, so I'll just talk a little bit about setting up an advanced team and how to do that. So, um, I get most of my review team from my mailing list. Um, because they're already invested in me. I, you know, they already know me, they've already read previous books. Uh, so they're good people to recruit from. But you can get reviewers uh, other places, like there is Booksprout is quite a good one. Um, so a website where you can sort of advertise for reviewers and and you can do everything. You, you can deliver the ebook to them. You can email them directly through Booksprout and all sorts. It's a self-contained system. Um, I think Story Origin also has that mechanism in it, um, but I've only just started using Story Origin, so I don't know how effective it is. Um, Angeline, can you? Th are there any other good ways to recruit reviewers? Social media mm -hmm. um, and Goodreads. There are so you can just put a call out on your social media or you can find there are tons and tons of different genre reading groups on Facebook. So go and join some of them, go and advertise that you've got art copies. Most of the groups will allow authors to say when they've got an art copy, but always check the rules first. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the other places, Goodreads, there are loads of groups on Goodreads where you can go and find ARC reviewers as well. Yeah. So then you get into actually delivering the book. So 
typically these days you wouldn't send out print copies because your reviewers could be all over the world and that would get horribly expensive. Um, most reviewers, you know, are perfectly content with an ebook and that's, you know, that's what they expect. So you would deliver that basically by email. Um, it's best to use a mailing list provider with all of the, you know, data protection, you know, stuff in place. You've had your double opt-in and all of that just to cover yourself. Um, and you can use BookFunnel um, to actually deliver the uh, the files because you can't attach them. You can't attach a, an EPUB or a Mobi file to a newsletter. Um, so you set up an account on BookFunnel, you upload your files there. Um, it's a really slick, easy website. It's very user-friendly and you will, you will get a, like a landing page link from BookFunnel, which you then include in your email. You send that email out to your ARC team and they click the link and they can download the book. And the great thing with BookFunnel is they will handle all technical support. So if someone has a problem getting their files you know, onto their e-reader, BookFunnel will deal with that so you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, the, the other great things about BookFunnel is that you can set up a, like if you put up a book for ARC review, you can put an expiry date on the link, you can put a limited amount of times that that book can be downloaded so that that protects you against um, somebody on your ARC team sending the link to everyone they know or posting it on social media and you getting thousands of people downloading your book that you weren't intending them to. The other thing you can even do is you can set it up so that you know exactly who has downloaded the book not just how many of them but you can actually find out who via their email or by giving them um, individual links yeah. to each of your ARC reviewers mm -hmm. yeah good tips so yeah I think that's everything on that but the, the whole idea is to make sure you have reviews already there when you do your big launch because we all know that reviews sell books it's pretty hard to sell books without them. So yeah, big tip. So another mistake that people sometimes make is not utilizing their network. So we talk a lot about the importance of networking with authors and that's because you wanna line up some newsletter swaps when you launch a book. So you connect with other authors in your genre and they will tell their readers about your new book. And that spreads your audience far and wide. It's a wonderful way to reach new people. So do that. Okay. Uh, one last thing, paid ads. So most authors don't do any, you know, Amazon ads, Facebook ads. They just don't, they don't know how, or they don't realize they can. Um, so they don't do them. So just doing ads, puts you ahead of so many other authors. Um, but tread carefully because it can be on some platforms quite easy to lose money, um, particularly on Facebook. So um, it's a good idea to get some advice here. Uh, Brian Cohen has a challenge that he regularly runs. I believe there is one this month, isn't there, Angeline? 
Yes, I. if I recall correctly, I'm pretty sure it begins on the 13th. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Rings a bell. Um, we will find a link to that and put it in our show notes. Um, we've both done Brian Cohen's free Amazon Ads Challenge. It's brilliant. Uh, it is. Really, really helpful. Um, there's also, if you want to look at paying a little bit of money for something that's a bit more in-depth, uh, Brian D. Meek's book, Mastering Amazon Ads, is you know, a really comprehensive book on the subject. And there are courses uh, of varying costs and uh, level of detail. Uh, so have a look and see about that. I'm doing um, Mark Dawson's Ads for Authors course at the moment, which is absolutely brilliant. And I think that's going to be a real game changer for me. So um, yeah, it, it's not open for enrollment right now, but next time it opens be there um but the key really with all ads is to smart with a really small budget test everything a lot and very slowly scale up once you are making a profit yeah and on the different options for learning about amazon ads yes absolutely i have done brian cohen's challenge i've also read brian meeks's book mastering amazon ads which is a really fantastic and surprisingly entertaining <laughs> you wouldn't expect it but it is an incredibly easy read and very entertaining um but one thing i will say about those two things that i personally found i am very scared of numbers i hate analyzing numbers i hate even thinking about or looking at numbers my brain just kind of shuts down as soon as there's numbers um I did never got that with Brian Cohen's challenge. Mm -hmm. um, yes, he does talk about numbers because unfortunately they are necessary, but he, do, he just, it just clicked with me the way he taught it. And I don't find it scary. Um, Brian Meeks's book, like I say, his book is absolutely fantastic and very entertaining, but every so often he, he is into statistics. Um, in a big way and every few chapters it's really in-depth in statistics and yeah my brain just doesn't work that way it just shut down <laughs> so yeah it's really good to have a test of these things and a lot of these things you can get like trials of them or obviously you can um with amazon books you can read a little bit of them to try them out first so find one that suits the way that you learn because we all learn really differently yeah and uh, yeah if you're scared of numbers like me go out and have a look at these things and see which works best for you yeah chris fox has a course which is um or when i took it anyway i don't know if this is still the case it was extremely affordable um it's a, a at the lower end of the cost of these sorts of things um and it's ads for authors who hate math um, yeah. <laughs> sorry, um, Brits listening who just cringed like I did, but he's American. Um, so we'll forgive him. Um, yeah. And that's, that's all about, you know, finding the right images for your ads. And it's much more about sort of creating the right, most effective copy and, and imagery and stuff. The, the emphasis is on that rather than on the numbers. So that might be very yeah. useful too. And that, that is actually also available as a book, Ads for Authors Who Hate Math by Chris Fox. I have, I have a copy of it. I am 
in fact holding it in my hand right at this moment i have not yet read it i'll admit that so i don't know what it's like i haven't read it but yes if you'd rather have a book rather than a course because yeah we all do learn differently it is available also as a book yeah oh so many good tips there <laughs> So those are mistakes that you can make. So what lesson do you think has been your biggest game changer, Holly? Oh, growing my mailing list. Uh, we go on about this on this podcast a lot for a very good reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly the single best thing you can do as an author. Have a list of people who you can get in front of far more easily and directly than by any other means. People you can foster relationships with, people who root for you, who want to support you and not only buy your books, but also review them and recommend them to friends. My review team, as I said, has been recruited from my mailing list and each launch has been better than the last because I have this growing audience of people that I can launch to. How about you? So for me, it has definitely been identifying my audience, but this is still something I'm struggling with for my fiction because the genre isn't easily defined. Genre mashups are tough to market and while I've got my small band of very loyal readers, it's not enough to make a living from. So the trouble is my books tend to be some kind of urban fantasy cyberpunk dystopian second world mishmash and that's why I struggle with finding a solid audience. I'm never really sure if, given the chance to start my author career over again, I would have been more mindful about writing to market. It certainly would have made things a lot easier, but at the end of the day, those are the stories that are inside me, so I don't know what to do about that. But where I have found my audience is with my world-building guides for authors, over the years, I have built up a huge online network of other authors, and this is one of the reasons why I absolutely I keep harping on about how you shouldn't dismiss the benefits of networking with other authors. And my followers on Instagram are almost all authors rather than readers. My Facebook audience is totally opposite, though, which is an important thing for me to be aware of. And I recently did the cover reveal for my next world-building book and the response was amazing on Instagram, not so much on Facebook. And I have so many people who are absolutely gagging to get their hands on it as soon as it's released because I know exactly who my audience is. I know exactly what they want and I know exactly how to get their attention. Now I just need to learn to do the same with my fiction. I think that having an author network is still a really good idea, even if you never intend to write non-fiction for authors. For one thing, you never know what might happen in the future. You might not want to write non-fiction now, but maybe in five years you really will. But even if that truly never happens, having author friends to turn to for support and encouragement is useful. And at launch time, having other authors in your genre who can cross-promote your new book is vital. Getting that new book in front of other authors' audiences can skyrocket your launch. One of the wonderful things that I've found about the author community on Instagram, for example, is how willing many of them are to share other authors' cover reveal posts, launch day posts, and so on. 
Many will take beautiful photos of other authors' new books and share them too, all voluntarily, all spontaneously, without being asked, and without asking anything in return. Of course, it's good etiquette to return the gesture, and you're more likely to see that happening if you initiate it. But outside of Instagram, there are Facebook groups dedicated to setting up newsletter swaps, which we talked about before. So make sure you join those and look out for other writers in your genre to do swaps with at launch time. And we will share some of those groups in the show notes. And it's really important to remember that there isn't just one perfect strategy. There are great strategies, but they won't always work for you, your books or your audience. Get advice, try things out, but never be scared of getting things wrong because that's when we learn. Definitely. So just a reminder of our question of the week. Is there a particular book launch strategy that you wish you'd known about before or would like to get better at? And remember that if you want to hear all the backstage stuff and get all of the other benefits, you can join us over at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. And don't forget to share the podcast online and tag us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for unstoppable authors. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Unstoppable Authors podcast. We'll be back next week with more of our tenacity and worldly wisdom. If you want even more of us, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook and our show notes and heaps of helpful blog articles are at unstoppableauthors.com. We want to connect with you. Join our Guild of Unstoppable Authors via our website and you will not only hear from us every week, but you will also get a free digital copy of my book, 30 Days of World Building. We also have a Facebook group where we hold each other accountable, share our goals and successes and encourage each other to be unstoppable. You can find that at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we are unstoppable authors if you enjoyed the episode please remember to subscribe and leave a review see you next week